It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good morning, everyone. We are getting you ready for the Sharks and Buffalo later today. If you haven't checked it out, go look at Corey Massasak's Twitter, and he's in Buffalo for the game today. Of course, he covers the Sharks for The Athletic. He's been a guest here on this show. The snow on the ground, the conditions there are just wild compared to how it is out here in California. So I, I just encourage you to look at that just because just, just it's wild. Like, I just cannot imagine stepping outside of a hotel and seeing that type of a scene. But we're getting you ready for the game in Buffalo. The Sharks, of course, are coming off of two epically bad losses, uh, each for their own different reasons. Obviously, on Sunday, you start off your road trip falling behind 6-1 to one after the first period. I mean, my lord. That's not going to get it done. You lose by a final of 8-5, to five, which is even more distressing because the Sharks did climb their way back into it, and for two out of the three periods, they were the better team. But at that point, when you go down 6-1 after the first, yeah, good luck trying to win that game. And then on Tuesday night against Detroit, they were the better team early. They give up a goal. They started to collapse. Then they go on a five-minute major at the end of the first. They give up two shorthanded goals to fall behind 3-0, Obviously, you give a team a three-goal lead. That's not going to be very easy to climb back from. The Sharks were unable to do so, and they have lost now two games in a row. That game against Detroit was a 6-2 final. They've given up 14 goals in their last two games. Something's got to give or something's got to change. Something's got to happen no matter how you look at it. We'll get into more about the Sharks situation in a moment, but I did want to go into some news from around the NHL. And this is a story that could get interesting or at least has the potential to. Tukarask, one of the great goalies when healthy, is getting closer to a potential return with the Boston Bruins. The 34-year-old unrestricted free agent signed a tryout deal with the Bruins AHL affiliate in Providence. He had surgery in late July to his right hip, and he has been working out at the Bruins practice facility throughout his rehab. The Bruins had previously said that once Rask was medically cleared, they would like to see him get game action to gauge his readiness to return to the NHL. He's been informally practicing with the Bruins for the past few weeks. Rask has not played since Game 6 of the Stanley Cup playoffs back in June 9th. Boston head coach Bruce Cassidy said that everything is on schedule and that it depends on whether or not, whether it's the AHL or NHL, just that he needs to get the clearance to play and go out there and do it. The Bruins are about to go out onto a two-game road trip, and the team has said Rask will not join them on that trip. The Bruins return home on the 12th of January. Last year, Rask was 15-5-2 with a 2-2-8 goals against average and a 9-13 save percentage. He's played his entire 14-year career with the Bruins, is their leader in wins, second in shutouts with a 2-2-7 goals against average and a 9-21 save percentage. Nikita Kucherov is expected back for the Lightning when they play the Flames tonight. Kucherov had missed 32 games since sustaining a lower body injury, had surgery towards the end of October after those first few games of the year, and as expected was out 8 to 10 weeks. 
Kucherov had scored four points in three games before going down with the injury. Now, he also missed the 2021 regular season while recovering from hip surgery before returning for the Stanley Cup playoffs where he led the postseason with 32 points in 23 games. So yeah, not a lot of rust there as he helped the Lightning win the second of back-to-back back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Kucherov is eighth in points in the NHL since the 2014-2015 season, even though he's only played three regular season games in the past two years. The Lightning are a storm and a half. Yeah, you like that? For anyone playing them right now, 22-8-5, first in the Atlantic. Stamkos is currently a game-time decision for that game against the Flames. The Wild are expected to have two new young players making their debut tonight. Matt Boldy and Marco Rossi with both being recalled from the AHL on Tuesday. Rossi had scored 23 points in 21 games. The 20-year-old was selected by Minnesota with the ninth pick in the 2020 draft. Boldy has 28 points in 24 games over two AHL seasons. He broke his left ankle in the preseason, didn't make his season debut till late November. Boldy was the 12th pick of the 2019 draft. He's actually the only top 20 pick from that draft yet to make an NHL debut. The Wild are in a bit of a skid, losers of five straight in which they have been outscored 23-15. to Dougie Hamilton is going to be out for the Devils for an unknown amount of time with a broken jaw. He got hit in the face by a deflected puck on Sunday in their overtime loss to the Caps. The total for postponed games in the NHL this year is now up to 98, with the latest being the Devils games on the 15th and 17th in Montreal and Toronto, and the Blackhawks at the excuse me, and the Blackhawks at the Oilers for January 18th. Only four of the 98 games which have been postponed have been rescheduled up to this point. And the Oilers have been absolutely abysmal as of late, losing 11 of their last 13. But Leon Dreisaitl said they were not quitting on head coach Dave Tippett or anyone. They're 0-3-2 in their last five games. Criticism has been raging from everywhere. It also doesn't help that Connor McDavid has been placed on the COVID protocol. The Oilers will be looking to break out of their slide on Monday when they take on the Senators. Taking a look at the Sharks and where they sit in the standings right now in the Pacific Division. They are 17-16-1 with 35 points, two back of fifth place Los Angeles, three back of fourth place Edmonton, who are, like I said, are on a quite a fall, five back of third place Calgary, eight place of second or eight points back of second place Anaheim, and ten points back of first place Vegas. When we take a look at those wild card standings, the Sharks again 17-16-1. 34 points, fifth in the Western standings. Only three points back, though, of Edmonton in second. And, of course, five points back of Minnesota in first. Both Minnesota and Edmonton not in a good way right now. One of the Sharks that I'm really looking forward to getting as an interview, either on Morning Tide or here on the buildup, or it's in some capacity, is just going to be Andrew Cogliano. I mean, he is an unbelievable talker, and I thought that he had some really interesting stuff to say yesterday at practice, giving some really good veteran insight on what's been going on with the Sharks. Remember, he's played almost 1,100 games in his NHL career. I know, it just it really does add up quickly. He's played 1,096 games. He started off his career in Edmonton, went to Anaheim, Toronto, Anaheim again, Dallas. Now he's with the Sharks. 1,096 games that he's played up to this point and let's hear what he has to say on what he has seen from the Sharks as of late especially after these two most recent ugly ugly losses no I I think you know I think uh what it boils down to is we're just not executing the um um you know the system to our advantage you know I think at the end of the day um playing the system 
um, you know, playing structured is is your best friend at, at this at this at this time of the season, and, and when we're going through something like this. So, um, we've proven ourselves our system works, and we've proven ourselves when we play the right way. Um, you know, we win games, and we're in games, um, and we win tight ones, and we give ourselves the best chance to win. So, um, I think as of right now, we're just not we're not doing that to a man, and um, and that's why we're seeing a lot of goals. Uh, giving up a lot of goals and, and ultimately losing games. And he was also asked about any potential fragility with the team right now because we have seen it with the Sharks team when they do give up a goal and it seems like they're playing well and the grain goes against them, they do seem to be experiencing a bit of a collapse. Well, you know, I, I think it, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, fragile is is just, if you're fragile, then, you know, shouldn't play really um that's just you know if you're going to be weak in terms of uh getting through these moments and these times and you know that's not the attitude we need at this time so um i think what it boils down to i think our veteran players haven't been good enough um i don't think we've led the way enough we have a lot of young guys in the lineup um we have a lot of guys you know i don't know we had six or seven rookies playing last night so um you know i think when 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 i look at how we're going to have success I think we need energy from our young guys. I think our young guys need to, um, you know, play with with energy and, and enthusiasm and and play hard because that's what, um, you know, they're they're new to the NHL and they should play like that. And the, and the leaders on the team and the veterans and the guys that have been here and been around and been in the league for a while, they need to play the right way and they need to lead the way in terms of playing the system properly and playing uh, detailed and and let that trickle trickle down to other guys. So. Um, you know, if, if, if we're cheating and we're not playing the right way and we're giving up goals against and, um, and we're, we're not playing a detailed game, we're not playing structured, then how do we expect younger players to do that? So um, this, is, this is more on the leaders, if anything, and more on the veteran guys. Um, I think we need to do a, do a better job of setting the template of how we need to win a, win a game. Um, and we need the younger guys to follow us. And, you know, if we have that combo of, of enthusiasm from them and leadership and structure from from the older guys will 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 get out of this i don't think any of these guys expect this to last obviously i think they're all looking at this as a situation that they need to you know take control of and get better i think none of these guys are looking at this and giving a woe is me type attitude i think they are 100 of the mindset that they can get back and get at a good place where they can go out and win these games i don't think there's any surprise in that and i think that that's the expectation that you have to have if you are a professional athlete you don't just give up you don't just see the the tough get going and you run away that's you know, that's how it works. It's not just that things get hard and there's no resistance. You have to fight back. One thing that's going to be an immediate help for the San Jose Sharks going into this game is the return of Mario Ferraro. He spoke with the media yesterday and it sounds like he's doing very well, which I was pleased to hear because obviously whenever whenever any of these guys get COVID, it is a, it's a, it's a concern. Uh, minimal. <clears throat> not many symptoms, but uh, just thankful to, uh, to be healthy now. And he also talked about the difficulties of being on the sidelines while watching his team flounder. Yeah, it's, you know, that was the first time I've had COVID. Um, so I've been really fortunate to to have gone, you know, this long staying as safe as possible. But uh, it's tough. It's tough when you see, uh, you know, your team, uh, your teammates out there battling hard and, and competing and, you know, you have to stay at home. But it is what it is. And I'm just happy to be back. 
An interesting question to me was his thoughts about how the locker room seemed when he got back to it. And he says there was a sense of disappointment and I'm, you know, I'm sure he's right. It's a little bit, uh, <clears throat> it's a little bit uh, quiet right now. You know, guys are a little bit disappointed and, and they should be, you know, uh, we should be as a group, uh, you know, we're all, uh, we're all a little bit, um, you know, we understand that we haven't been good enough. Uh, but today I thought the energy was really good on the ice and, and you know, it's, it's not uh, a negative thing to be disappointed right now. We're disappointed in a way that we know we have to be better and, and uh, we're focused on trying to battle through adversity and stay as positive as we can. So we are disappointed, but we're not negative. Um, you know, we're still positive in this group. We believe in each other and uh, we're all in this together. All right, so to bring you up to speed now today is that was from yesterday's practice, the sound you just heard. Uh, Bob Bugner, the head coach of the Sharks, let everybody know this morning that both Eric Carlson was going to be out. He was dealing with an injury in the upper body after uh, the last game Tuesday in Detroit. Uh, obviously, Jake Middleton, he got slammed into the boards that led to the five-minute major, so he's out again. Uh, this is what Bob Bugner offered when talking about getting by with these absences. Well, again, I think it's been that uh, that way all season when we've gone through these COVID issues or injury issues, and uh, uh, this is no different. I think that uh, you know guys like uh, Vlasic will be back in, and, and hopefully we see a good response from him and, and, a, and a pushback game. I think Simmer's got to you know raise the level of his game, and you know other guys are getting opportunities. Uh, Ryan Merkley's going to go in there tonight, and and uh, Megs is still going to be in. Um, so those are those are guys that uh, you, you know. This is a big game for our team. It's uh, a game where we're looking to sort of get back to our identity and our form, and those guys got to step up. Yeah, one of the guys that needs to step up is Ryan Merkley, who is going to be playing tonight, and he is going to be playing on the power play. This is what Bugner said about Merkley. Well, I mean, he's been practicing with us for the last few days, and and uh, um, you know, yeah, he Ryan's go down. You know, when he got called up the first time during the COVID issues we had, um, he made a real good case for himself. I thought he played well. Um, you know, we can always use more puck moving uh, defensemen back there and help with our possession game. I think that he can help there with Carly out. He's going to see some power play time. Uh, you know, and that's his game. He really he sort of controls the game with his. Uh, you know, his vision and his passing and his puck skills. So um, that's what we're looking for tonight from him. And, uh, you know, he's gone down to the Barracuda and he, he's played uh, um, well from all accounts and he's put points up on the board and, uh, um, and produced offense. And that's part of his game. Now, the power play has obviously been a huge, huge issue for the Sharks. Uh, this is what Ryan Merkley talked about when he was asked about playing on that power play. Uh, take what's there. I mean, I know we have some good players on the power play, so we know how to make plays, create options, open up lanes. So just take what's there. Keep it simple. Don't try to do too much. Use your teammates. That's about it. And the last time around, nobody knew exactly what to expect from Ryan Merkley. Um, but I thought he looked really, really good and a lot better maybe than many of us were expecting because a lot of people have been kind of waiting for him to take that next jump in his career. But when he had that opportunity, I thought that he very much was impressive and definitely opened some eyes and made people see that that organizational depth with the Sharks does exist. This is what he had to say about that last experience. Oh, for sure. I feel playing those six games made me more comfortable. I know what to expect now. It's not my first few games, so I'm kind of more comfortable. know what to expect, know what to play, what to expect. It's nice being with Magna tonight again, so that's a big boost. So I'll be more comfortable and it'll help me out. And the other big takeaway he had was that he feels like he belongs, which to me is one of the most important things. A guy needs to understand that he can be at an NHL level player, even if he hasn't been there before. I think he got to have that experience, and this is what he said. Uh, I just think that I showed I could play here. I mean, 
it's obviously nerve wracking getting your first few games playing in the NHL for the first time. So just having that experience, being more comfortable, being around the guys again, it's a lot easier. Now, back to Bugner on the power play itself. He said this. Yes, absolutely. But I also think that uh, um, we can do a lot better job on some of the things that we stress and, and that middle relief hasn't been good. Our decision making hasn't been good. And, and obviously last game, you could see we gave it up and, and, and it was back for our net twice. It's, it was disastrous. So um, execution, um, you know, you're out there. We've got to make some plays and we got to move it quicker. Uh, we have to have better, uh, you know, middle relief uh, when teams are pressuring us hard. And, and yes, of course, shot mentality, get back to the, you know, the bread and butter. We scored in Pittsburgh the other night. Burns, you just shooting it, loading it up from the top of the guy in front. We went through video this morning of, you know, obviously Buffalo's PK, and we watched some of the goals being scored on him. It's no different. You watch the Torontos of the world. You watch the more skilled teams of the world. Um, yeah, they move the puck around, but at the end of the day, most of the, most of the offense from the power play is coming from a shot from the flank or a shot from the top of the traffic. Timo Meyer is also a guy who the Sharks are going to be relying on in this game. They need him to get back in his groove and find his game the way he was earlier this year. And that would especially be nice if it came on the power play because the Sharks just have not been clicking on their power play. And I think that that point was further hammered home when they give up those two short-handed goals. So this is Timo. Well, at the end of the day, you just got to outwork their uh, PK. Um, we didn't do a good enough job on that. And, you know, it comes in the execution, obviously, and then, and then having a game plan. But I think it starts with the work ethic. You got to go out there. You got to be willing to, to work. And, and, and that's where you're going to have success. And then you're going to have some plays. You're going to uh, use that middle, middle uh, relief for sure. But uh, it all starts with the compete. And then I think a big part of that for the Sharks will be the return of Mario Ferraro. One of the things that's been talked about is how quiet the dressing room has been in his absence. He's a, he's a loud guy, so he, he definitely brings that. But also, you know, we, we call this in, uh, on the back end, uh, you know, come, having guys come in, uh, you know, Merkley and, and Ferraro, it's, uh, it's definitely going to help the team. And like you said, Mario's a, you know, energy guy, so he definitely brings some energy to the room too. Now, another thing you need contributing in addition to Mario Ferraro and in addition to the power play or Timo Meyer would be Jonathan Dolan because we all know what he's capable of. He has the NHL pedigree from his dad, obviously, and I think we can all see that he has a great mind for the game. It's just he's in a bit of a points drought right now, and the Sharks need him to come through with a big performance. Bob Bugner. Well, it's just tough, and I had that conversation with him. It's, it's you know, these guys – um, you know, coming out of camp, getting opportunities and playing well. And it's the, you know, my, my sort of speech to these guys, young guys, especially or guys that are new that, you know, it's a, this league changes a lot. The first 20, 30 games, it's a different league than it is the middle 20, 30 games. And then, you know, the end is obviously a completely different. Everybody's getting pushed into, you know, into playoff mode. So uh, we're in that second phase of the three phases and, and uh, you know, the, he's maybe not used to the grind in the schedule and he's got to find his way, manage his energy, manage his rest. Um, and you know and find ways to keep things simple when things aren't working for you um you got to almost simplify your game and uh you know where he's good is is, is around the net and he's got to get there and i think he's been on the outside too much and uh, we talked about that yeah i think so much of the sharks game you can see when their offense is clicking they really do a good job of getting guys to the net and putting pressure towards the crease and really trying to create some havoc and we talk about it all the times getting in for those hard-fought goals where you catch a deflection you catch a tip you're able to just kind of just shove one in be there for the rebound at the right place at the right time and when you can crash bodies you give the goalie a lot to look at you make people nervous 
that's what the Sharks need to be focused on. And I think that is going to be um, something they're definitely going to be focusing on and making something happen. So hopefully that can be a factor going forward. And of course, there is the fact that there are going to be more changes overall. That was something that was asked about to Bob Bugner during this presser this morning. Um, you know, we're going to make some decisions here uh, once we get all our information back this morning. But, uh, um, you know, I like the way Barabanov played on that hurdle line in the third period with Timo. I, I think I'm going to reestablish that Benino line with uh, Nieto and Cogs. I think that's a good identity line for us. We got away from it for a bit and really hasn't panned out, uh, you know, and it's been tough because we've had so many holes to fill and guys in and out of the lineup. Uh, um, you know, as of right now, I can see Weatherby, Dalene, and Gregor playing together tonight, and then uh, Gadjevich and Veeler with uh, Reedy in the middle. Um, that's what it's probably going to pan out tonight. Um, you know, so we have some inexperience, obviously, uh, up the middle a little bit in our bottom half of our lineup. But uh, um, we got to play as a unit of five and be connected in, in all three zones. And, and that's, that's, you know, how we've had success this year when we won. So one of the things that I remember from one of the conversations I had with Drew on the Drew Remenda show, and I think it was about uh, Paul Maurice and his resignation from the Jets, was the fact that, you know, when things aren't going well, that's when you're doing your best coaching, was what Drew said, and you're coaching your butt off, and you're looking for answers, and you try, and, you try to make things happen. And I think that's exactly what we're hearing from Bob Bugner right now, is he's looking for those line combinations, he's looking for what can, can create a spark, he's looking to bring in some of that fresh blood, which is why you see, you know, the Ryan Merkley's of the world getting that bit of an opportunity, and, you know, why they're making, I mean, obviously COVID and other shortages are part of the reasoning, but... You know, he's rotating guys in. He's looking to see what can create a spark. He's looking at different line formations. He's looking at everything. I think everything is being looked at right now, and that's obviously that's a credit to Bugner. That's exactly what you want to see because you don't want to have another performance like you had on Sunday, and you don't want to have another performance like you had on Tuesday night where, again, you go on a five-minute major when your teammate gets slammed against the boards and it's a headshot. you got to win the game right there. you got to take that. And instead, you gave up two shorthanded goals. I mean, it was just one of the most amazing things that I had seen as of late. And you could tell that that was definitely a bother to Tomas Hurdle after the game when he came out and said that it was embarrassing. You just, you don't expect to see that happen. You don't expect to see that type of a performance from a team that is of the experience level and the caliber of the San Jose Sharks. So hopefully you can get a little bit more of that mentality back into the game. And maybe that's going to be Jasper Weatherby. I was, I thought that he got better as the game went on and, it, you know, he scored a goal, but uh, um, you know, he was doing a lot of the little things that we expect him to uh, uh, be a reliable uh, player and a smart player, which he is. And, and I think that, uh, you know, I thought he had that early on in his, in his season. I thought it dipped a little, like a lot of young guys do. And, you know, he went to the Barracuda, had a good attitude, unfortunately had COVID and, um, didn't get back as, as expected, but uh, you know his first game back. I thought he did some good things, and uh, and let's face it, we're we're in a situation where we got to lean on these guys. They have to play, and they got to they got to um, you know play well for us in order for us to get to, you know some points here on this road trip. Uh, um, there are centermen that that's their turn, and and uh, they got to step up. Another bit of a wrinkle that's been thrown into things is that Reimer was not skating yesterday at practice and didn't today during morning skate. Uh, apparently, he's got some stuff going on. This is what Bob Bugner uh, said when he was asked about Reimer. 
Yeah, he's dealing with some things here. So there's, uh, uh, you know, we got to make a decision on him uh, later today if uh, Sachenko is probably going to back up. And uh, um, we got to make a decision on Rhymes. He's dealing with some, uh, you know, some maintenance things really with his uh, with his body and his game. And, and we want to make sure that we give him the proper time to, uh, you know, feel better before he, uh, you know, he gets back into action. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's unfortunate because Rhymes had such a great start to the season. And, uh, you know, like the rest of our team, it's dipped a little bit. And uh, and I know he'll get back there, but we want to make sure when he does, he's, uh, you know, he's close to 100%. So give him that chance for, uh, you know, success. And then the question was asked whether or not we might see Sachenko in Philadelphia this weekend. Uh, no, I think, you know, I mean, I don't, make those kind of decisions till you know it's a game by game thing but uh uh you know i want hiller to get back there and establish that and, and own that net i had that talk with him today and and uh and be big in that net when he played you know game number one i look back at uh, the way he played in toronto on our first road trip the way he played in calgary um he was big he was confident and uh you know his job is not to win us a hockey game his job is to make the saves he's supposed to make and you know instill confidence in the rest of the team and, and be a calming effect and that's what i've asked him to do here and uh you know clear his head and stop overthinking things i think both guys are guilty of that sometimes it's just like the rest of us you know, we, we all we got to play by instinct and you got to play with confidence you know the big takeaway there for me is the fact that they need to see hill reestablish his game because obviously he was out with covid got in the other day gave up two goals in the third period and that's not the type of performance he wants to have he wants to be back out there and have a, a you know a better showing so hopefully he will respond and have a better showing. And that's really what I'm hoping for for the entirety of this team right now because the Sharks, you know, they are sitting at sixth in the Pacific and it's a team that I think that the Sharks can beat. Buffalo is 10-7-6. and six. You know, I'm not trying to take any you know digs at them or anything, but to me, that's a beatable opponent. When the Sharks go up against a quote-unquote beatable opponent, They've got to win those games. It's why the previous losses against a team like the Kraken for me right now are so painful because that's two more points that you could have had on the board. And also Detroit, I think the Sharks should have been able to beat them even if Detroit is pretty good at home, 12-5-2 at this point of the season. But really, the Sharks just have to come back with these better performances. And I think today is a golden opportunity to do that against a Buffalo team that has not been great. You know, in their last 10, they're 2-5-3, and three, so only two wins, and they have picked up some points up there with those overtime losses. But again, I would go back to this idea of this is a game that the Sharks can win, and they need to win it. They're only three points out in the wild card race right now, and I know that that's maybe not the best paradigm to be looking at because the Sharks, even with the record they have right now, are better than we expected. A lot of people thought the Sharks were going to have a much rougher season, but right now, 17-6-1, one game above 500 with the hockey 500, I guess we could say. But, you know, this is, it's not that out of line with what I was thinking. I thought the Sharks would be a back-and-forth 500-ish team, and maybe they can find their game at some point and push themselves to be more of that playoff conversation, of which they're not far out right now. But that's not... I'm not looking at the Sharks right now and whether or not they are in playoff position or whether or not they're playing like a playoff team. I'm looking at the Sharks right now in the regard of who are they? What are they going to do right now to show that they are a team that is consistently showing growth? And I felt that at certain times of this year, they have shown that consistent growth and they've looked better from one game to the next and one week to the next. Now, obviously what we've seen in the last week, a couple of mitigating factors here. Now, one, you had the long layoff against the Coyotes preceding it at least. And that was just a weird game where we saw a lot of high scores right there around the NHL. 
and the Sharks did not look like they were at the best. But then they bounced back with that nice win against Philadelphia, and it was like, okay, boom, the Sharks look like the Sharks that they have been when they've been at their best this year. That was, you know, with conviction. That was steady defense, good goaltending. Everybody looked aware and present of what they were capable of being. Then we come back with these two games. I mean, I don't know what's more inexcusable, falling down 6-1 in the first or giving up two goals on a five-minute major because there's a pretty good argument to be made about which one of those is the worst performance. Now, while we can argue that till we're blue in the face, I think the overall view of those is they happened in back-to-back games. And they happened when you were missing an emotional leader like Amario Ferraro. And then the second one happened when you're without Logan Couture, your captain. And I think if there was any doubt, even if Logan Couture is not an MVP caliber player, and that's not a knock on him at all, it's just the reality. Logan Couture, when he's in the playoffs, he's the best player on earth. In the regular season, that's just not his game and whatever. I don't care because Logan Couture obviously is so valuable to this team, is so imperative to what the Sharks are trying to do on the ice because he's a good defender. He plays hard. He is a standard bearer for what the expectation is of when you play on the ice. You never look at Logan Couture and question his effort. You never look at Logan Couture and question his compete level. Not that I'm doing that with the other guys, but he sets such a standard that I think other guys see how hard he's working and they think to themselves, that's the level I need to play to. That's the level that I need to be capable of playing at when we get out there on the ice. And I think that when you take that out off of the ice, you don't have the same sort of standard being set. And I know that that's not, it's a little bit wishy-washy and it's a little bit beyond or above the fray of what's happening on the ice. But when you have your hardest working player in certain capacities, not out there, I think there is that immediate effect. And when, especially it's your captain, it has even more of an effect. So I think, again, there are a lot of factors of what's been going on with the Sharks as of late. Absences, obviously. The loss of the captain being one of those absences is another thing that's going to hurt you. But I also think that the Sharks need to not have that happen in the first place. And also, they just need to have a higher standard for themselves, regardless of Logan being in there or out there. Regardless of anything else, they just can't have those mental lapses where they have something go against them and they have these mini collapses. Because they collapsed during that first period against the Penguins and they were out of the game. Even if we were emboldened and you know pleased with their fight later in the game, that first period was so bad that there was no recovery. And then Tuesday night, you give up two goals on a five-minute power play, you know, five-minute major, you've got five minutes in which you can win the game, and instead the other team goes out there and wins it, that's a slap in the face. It is a slap in the face, and you hope that that slap in the face and the reverberations and the repercussions after it are the wake-up this team needs. That wraps it up for the buildup. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow morning on Morning Tide.